Self-awareness, support, empowerment, personal and professional development. She, the podcast, brought to you by She, the Project. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am Nanda Santos, and I am your host for She the Podcast by She the Project. Thank you so much for being here with us. Today is our very first episode that's going live, and today I have here with me a very special guest. She's a speaker, coach, and CEO of Career Thrivers. She believes that every experience is an opportunity for continuous improvement, and we love that. As a TED speaker, coach, and consultant, she's passionate about equipping leaders to cultivate an inclusive culture where diverse talent believe they belong. And today, she's here to share her perspective on an issue that is far from being new. It's actually, in fact, been present in our society for decades, but it has recently become one of the top conversations around the world after the unfortunate and tragic death of George Floyd. You all probably know already what I'm talking about, right? Well, we're here today to have an open conversation about racism and how you and I and everybody can actively fight against it. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome to the show the talented leader, Brittany Coe. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Congratulations on the launch of your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It really means a lot to us that you're here and willing to have this conversation with us. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. And uh, Brittany, why don't we get started with you telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do and your company? Sure, sure. So um, you pretty much just shared kind of the, the guiding principle that I live by. And it's this thought that every experience that we encounter, whether they are good experiences or, or ones that we would classify as negative ones, uh, there's still opportunities to continuously improve. And all that means for me is it's an opportunity to learn. Um, I grew up the youngest of three. I have two older brothers. And one of the things that my dad used to share with us was that the biggest room in our house is the room for improvement. So I kind of grew up Aww. with this idea of continuing to learn and develop and grow. Um, but also in that, and one of the things that I think is so critical for us right now, which I'm excited to talk to you about, is to give ourselves grace through that process. So right. I have spent 12 years in corporate doing everything from sales to sales management to brand management to diversity and inclusion work, which is really where I found really my passion. Um, I've always had a passion for learning, but also leading. Um, and then I would also say leaping. So finding really innovative ways to think differently about new solutions to old problems. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's amazing. Um, in, in doing that, um, it really positioned me within my company to really take on more of an entrepreneurial mindset. It's one that I love coaching people on to really think about your work um, as an employee as an opportunity for you to continue to grow, working for your company, but your company also um, works for you um, when you take on that yeah. mindset. And, and in doing that, I had a lot of really, really neat experiences taking on projects, uh, building curriculum, really helping leaders to lead better. And so in doing that work, I started what we call side hustling. So I started a business on the side while I was still employed. So I was speaking and coaching primarily. Mm -hmm. And then actually just really 10 months ago, um, left my really comfortable 
corporate role to uh, run my business, Career Thrivers, full-time. So Career Thrivers is a leadership development firm. We don't call ourselves a diversity and inclusion firm because we firmly believe that inclusion should be a natural part of leadership. So we are a leadership development firm helping leaders lead from a place of inclusion so that you have a more equitable workplace. And so wow. that ends up looking like looking a lot of different ways. Um, right. I do speaking, I do coaching both in-house for organizations. I also do coaching directly with clients and then also consulting, whether it be strategy development or curriculum development and execution. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. And uh, for everybody who wants to know more about career thrivers, they can find you on Instagram, right? And if you want to share your website, just so we don't forget about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So the best way to get connected is at careerthrivers.com. Typically my inroads into an organization is through speaking. So if you have an opportunity, an event, training, leaders day, um, workshop, um, there's a speakers tab and all the information's there. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And Welcome. Brittany, um, talking about you know, inclusion and all the challenges that come with it, um, would you share with us your perspective on this crazy world we're all living in right now? I mean, we don't have uh, probably nothing new, but definitely, you know, things are coming to a surface right now. So I'd just like to hear how you're seeing it all and your perspective on it. Sure. That's a huge question. <laughs> I, I think, you know, when I think about what we are seeing right now, I think that it is a uh, very long overdue awakening that is happening about the very yeah. real issue of systemic racism. And so I think when you think about the history of our great country, the U.S., um, you know, it's really embedded deeply in this idea of covering up um, a lot of our original sin of only telling part of the story of mm -hmm. um, telling a history through a rose colored glass that's not always um, accurate or true. I think a couple things. Um, in addition to the, the the racial awakening, we're also in the middle, of course, of a, of a global health pandemic. And so when you put those two things together and you think about the way that this health crisis has disproportionately impacted Black lives, you think about the way that um, systemic racism has disproportionately impacted Black lives, right. and you think about being in quarantine <laughs> and having the opportunity to not look away, you know, to not busy yourself out of not seeing the eight minute video of a man dying at the hands of a police officer in broad daylight or right. seeing the video a young runner running in his neighborhood and being hunted down, you know, by two white men. You, it's hard to look away when you mix all of those things together. Although <laughs> it um, seems like it should be obvious to many people, it's not right. Even right, right now, you know, in, in having conversations and 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 doing events with leaders and really thinking about what all of this means, particularly in a work setting, you have people that are like, okay actually for the first time, one, um, acknowledging that there is an issue, and then two, um, speaking the right words and, the, and having the right language around um, the need for change. And I think the third aspect of this that will be the telling part is the actions that come behind those intentions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I was uh, reading an article um, by you actually from the Tennessean. And um, there was one particular sentence that caught my attention, which was, 
enough apologies,、uh, which makes a lot of sense to me. But、um, I like to ask you to elaborate on that thought for us, if、um, that's okay. Sure, sure. So that line really popped into my mind, quite frankly. Um, as a result of actual unsolicited apologies that I was receiving, so I think very、um, early on, shortly after、um, the George Floyd、uh, murder, I received like just random from some people that I knew, but even some people that I that I didn't know.、Um, just these apologies, like、uh, inst you know Instagram direct message.、Right. Um, Emails, you know, and I think that、um, although they came from a really good place, my intention about around saying enough apologies is to say like, okay, after you become aware, after you apologize, what action are you going to take?、Exactly. Because that is the true differentiator in actually going from a moment to a movement. Yeah, exactly, and I also like the actions that actually make an impact. Right.、Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so talking about that, you know, I think、um, I agree with you that of course apologizing is a good start point. Right. We cannot stop there.、Um, again, it won't take us to where we need to be. And、um, so, as you have said, you know, we need allies who will take action and stand up. And these are your words, right? And stand up against racism, which I completely agree with.、Um, so, for you,、um, what would be, you know, a few ways in which we can all truly help this change happen, you know, once and for all? Of course. So, when we think about allyship, I think it's important to start with really what the word means.、Um, allyship is a journey; it's not a destination. And so, when you、uh, you know approach this idea of of being an ally,、um, I, I think even sometimes that's the wrong paradigm. You're not、mm -hmm. trying to be an ally, but you're trying to walk out the actions、um, of an ally. And truly, it's not. Um, this kind of self-identified or kind of self-determined、um, category or title that you give yourself, but rather, rather you are recognized as an ally by the group that you're doing the action for. So whether it be、right. you know black, whether it be the LGBTQIA community, whatever that community is that、um, you are passionate about.、Um, Having an awareness of, but also taking the actions、um, to to you know to be an ally, I think it's important that they recognize you as that. The second thing that I would say is in recognizing that it's a journey and not a destination, then you also、um, must agree that there's this process then of learning, unlearning, and relearning. And so, and that's why I say that this I we have to get over this idea of of being uncomfortable and then taking the necessary actions um to really have sustained change. And so, when you think about those actions, one of the things that we've done at Career Thrivers was to really create a curriculum around allyship, recognizing that a lot wow, of that's amazing. Yeah, a lot of organizations, whether it be small business owners or your larger corporate organizations, were really kind of grappling with the how of all of this, right? So right. after kind of this wave of PR communications and this wave of CEO statements, it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> you know,、right. now what do we do? And And so,、um, one of the ways that we're serving clients right now is to really help them think through what do those actions look like. You know,、mm -hmm. very specifically, you know, of your white colleagues in your organizations, in your organization, when we talk about、um, this idea of of、um, ethnic diversity, we just created an acronym. And so, I'd be happy to share share it with you. And yeah, please. 
you can um, go to careerthrivers.com and click on the allies tab and you can actually download we have a document that has all of this laid out so uh, the first action I think that's important that we talked about is just awareness Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we skip over awareness, like, oh yeah, I need to be more aware. But like this work requires great emotional intelligence. Like it really um, starts, solidarity starts with self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And so really being aware of your own bias. And then I think this next one is about uh, learning. So the first L, um, learning and listening. And here's the reason why we were really intentional about putting learning before listening. You, you probably noticed this on social media. So, you know, we're, we're posting our Black Lives Matter post and our black boxes or whatever, you know, um, post that you made to share your voice, which is amazing. And then you kind of started to see this wave of like, we're listening. You know, and I kind of thought, <laughs> like many people that look like me thought, okay, that's great. But like, and what are you doing in addition to listening? And so I think right. it's really important to prioritize the learning that you do in every other instance, especially when we talk about from a business perspective, which is, which is, you know, kind of my, my paradigm, especially in the workplace, you know, if you have a question about something, if you are, you know, wondering why the strategy or operations in your organization isn't going according to the goal that you set, which we have a goal. So that's, that's another conversation, but right. um, if you have that question, then you don't just like sit down and passively listen, like you dig in and you try to understand, okay, what is the problem and how can I better understand um, this specific issue so that I can address it? There are there's tons of research out there. There are tons of resources out there from podcasts to books. However you like to learn, there is a resource on anti-racism that can help to that can help you to learn along the path. And then I think once you do that, once you take that step and you initiate your own process of learning, then you start to listen, right? Then right. you start to surround yourself with um, people that are part of this group to say, hey, I want to understand your story. I want to get more aware about, you know, what your ideas are and what your experiences are. And I think in that conversation, it's important as another action of listening that we suppress the urge to judge what's being shared. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes it's so often kind of, you know, judge like, oh, well, you know, let me be the devil's advocate. And it's like, no, someone is sharing their experience with you. Like your thoughts don't matter, you know? Um, (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's the the time to actively listen, right? (laughs) Absolutely. A great time to practice active listening. And then the last three, um, inclusion experiences and sponsorship. Inclusion is really around, you know, we talk about this subject of diversity and inclusion. Diversity just means that you have difference. Um, Mm -hmm. And you have difference that you can see, which is typically what people think about when they hear the word diversity. So that kind of comes with the territory. Like diversity is the tip of the iceberg. Like we're almost at the point where it's like, why are we even talking, still talking about diversity? What we need to be talking about (laughs) is inclusion and then equity. How are we intentional about including difference? And how do we ensure that we have outcomes that aren't determined by the difference that's there? That's Mm -hmm. equity. That's gold standard. That's the ideal state. The last two actions of allies are experience and sponsorship. So experience is really around really just asking yourself, what experiences have I I had with Black people? And really thinking about what personal experiences have you had 
So I think when we, when we think about cross-cultural competency, really putting ourselves in positions to be really intentional about experiencing the breadth and depth of Black culture really helps with that awareness. It helps with that learning. And then in turn, it helps with those actions. And then the last piece, and I'd say from a work place perspective, this is probably one of the most important pieces, is sponsorship. So how are you using your privilege, your power to really empower and position Black founders, Black you know, colleagues, black women, black leaders, you know, how are you speaking up on behalf of um, others to really make sure, especially in rooms that, that um, they aren't in, that you are actually, you know, walking out the actions of allyship. And so those are just a few ways um, yeah. that you can take some actions to be more intentional around, you know, what allyship looks like. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, I loved that you mentioned, you know, the importance of being conscious about our actions and what's behind them, right? Because um, I have a psychology degree. And so I'm very passionate about comprehending, you know, human beings, behaviors, and what is behind these behaviors. And yes, you know, from a psychological perspective, uh, especially when we're talking about racism, right? It's crucial to bring whatever triggers this racist mindset out of our unconscious, right? So we can be fully aware of it to then, of course, do something uh, to change this behavior pattern. So uh, thank you for touching on that. And the other thing that I um, like to bring to our conversation uh, is that there are racism actions and thoughts that are not so obvious to a lot of us. Uh, for instance, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, Alex, who is the owner of the flower shop here in Nashville, she shared a post where she answering a question, uh, which was, you know, the reason why they would not do weddings in plantations. And at first, I was like, what a second, you know, what, what is wrong? What, what's wrong with it? And so I stopped, of course, and read what she shared uh, in her Instagram account and was then able to understand what was behind, you know, a plantation. So what, what was the history behind a plantation, right? And the fact that it should not be a place for celebrations to take place. Uh, but I guess the point that I want to make is that we all should also be paying attention to this kind of things, you know, um, and of course, have an open mind and be truly open to learn and listen, as you said before. I think that that's why it's so important to extend grace, right. you know, even when you are like, you know, I'm a black woman, I, I don't get to choose a different, you know, way to show up in the world. Um, and so, you know, you have to be really intentional around really withholding sometimes that urge to, you know, just be like, well, I don't understand. Why don't people just get it? Like, you know, we've been dealing with this issue for over 400 years. Like it's not a new issue, but for some people it is new. And so that's why I emphasize that it is very much an awakening because some people are taking action and thinking differently for the very first time, you know, so yeah. for them, feels very new. So I think it's important, you know, to proceed with grace and take those moments, you know, to educate, to share when they present themselves. And also when you are in the position to want to um, show up and, and share in that way, because I, I, you know, I will say there, there are moments and I, I always share the analogy of, you know, working at an organization, you have a hundred people that work for a company, you know, three of them are black. So you go through 
this awakening that's happening. And then as senior leaders, you go to the three black people and say, oh, hey, can you, you know, share your experiences, quote, educate mm-hmm. the other 97 on your culture. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like they're already going through the emotional text of unconscious bias and microaggressions in your organization. And also you want them to educate the other 97. And so I think, you know, there is this fine line between extending grace and then also as someone who's on this path of allyship saying, okay, what is my part? Just like you did in the learning in doing the research and yeah. then listening you know, to those stories to have a better understanding so that I take a different action the next time. Thanks. Thanks for um, sharing that. Yeah. So again, um, thank you so much, Brittany, for being here. I mean, I think that I hope that from this conversation, uh, the girls who are uh, listening to us can, you know, learn from you, from you and um, practice some of, you know, the great things that you shared with us. And I am really hopeful that this will be a good turn, uh, not for only for this country, but for the world. So hopefully we can all do a little bit and we, we can get there, you know, together. So thank you so, so much for being here, for making the time. I really appreciate it. And awesome. thank you uh, again for, I always say that, especially, you know, when we're talking about things like this, it also um, makes our guests a little, I mean, puts our guests in a vulnerable position. So I always I like to, you know, thank you guys for that specifically because, you know, you're here opening up your heart and your mind with us. So thank you. Thank you for being willing to do that. Absolutely. I'm, I've been really excited to, to share with you today and appreciate you asking me to join the podcast. And I think that, you know, one of the many things that's so encouraging right now is that this movement has traveled across the world. And so I think it's so right. amazing when you see, you know, rallies and, and, you know, Black Lives Matter movements um, across the globe where people realize like, hey, this isn't happening directly to me, but I see the humanity in it, which is really what we're talking about here. Exactly. <laughs> people like right. you know, the way that you want to be treated. Um, I think that, you know, it, it makes me hopeful that again, that this won't just be, you know, a moment in time, but like a real catalyst movement for change that extends even beyond the U S um, so right. that we you know, take the actions to, to have a more equitable world. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much again, Brittany. We really appreciate you being here with us and thank you everybody who is listening to us and stay tuned because we have more amazing episodes coming up. And so stay tuned for more. Thank you again and wishing you guys an amazing day. Take care. Bye.